The telephone call that forever changed the lives of the Dodd family of Chicago came at noon on Thursday, June 8, 1933, as William E. Dodd sat at his desk at the University of Chicago. Now chairman of the history department, Dodd had been a professor at the university since 1909, recognized nationally for his work on the American South and for a biography of Woodrow Wilson. He was 64 years old, trim, 5 feet 8 inches tall, with blue-gray eyes and light brown hair. Though his face at rest tended to impart severity, he in fact had a sense of humor that was lively, dry, and easily ignited. He had a wife, Martha, known universally as Maddie, and two children, both in their twenties. His daughter, also named Martha, was 24 years old. His son, William Jr., Bill, was 28. By all counts, they were a happy family and a close one. Not rich, by any means, but well off, despite the economic depression then gripping the nation. They lived in a large house at 5757 Blackstone Avenue in Chicago's Hyde Park neighborhood, a few blocks from the university. Dodd also owned, and every summer tended, a small farm in Round Hill, Virginia, which according to a county survey had 386.6 acres, more or less, and was where Dodd, a Jeffersonian Democrat of the first stripe, felt most at home, moving among his twenty-one Guernsey heifers, his four geldings, Bill, Coley, Mandy, and Prince, his farmall tractor, and his horse-drawn Syracuse plows. He made coffee in a Maxwell House can atop his old wood-burning stove, His wife was not as fond of the place and was more than happy to let him spend time there by himself while the rest of the family remained behind in Chicago. Dodd named the farm Stone Lee because of all the rocks strewn across its expanse and spoke of it the way other men spoke of first loves. The fruit is so beautiful, almost flawless, red and luscious, as we look at it, the trees still bending under the weight of their burden, he wrote one fine night during the apple harvest. It all appeals to me. Though generally not given to cliché, Dodd described the telephone call as a sudden surprise out of a clear sky. This was, however, something of an exaggeration. Over the preceding several months there had been talk among his friends that one day a call like this might come. It was the precise nature of the call that startled Dodd and troubled him. For some time now, Dodd had been unhappy in his position at the university. Though he loved teaching history, he loved writing it more. And for years he had been working on what he expected would be the definitive recounting of early Southern history, a four-volume series that he called The Rise and Fall of the Old South. But time and again, he had found his progress stymied by the routine demands of his job. Only the first volume was near completion and he was of an age when he feared he would be buried alongside the unfinished remainder. He had negotiated a reduced schedule with his department, but as is so often the case with such artificial entents, it did not work in the manner he had hoped. Staff departures and financial pressures within the university associated with the Depression had left him working just as hard as ever, dealing with university officials, preparing lectures, and confronting the engulfing needs of graduate students. In a letter to the university's Department of Buildings and Grounds dated October 31, 1932, he pleaded for heat in his office on Sundays 
so we could have at least one day to devote to uninterrupted writing. To a friend, he described his position as embarrassing. Adding to his dissatisfaction was his belief that he should have been further along in his career than he was. What had kept him from advancing at a faster clip, he complained to his wife, was the fact that he had not grown up in a life of privilege and instead had been compelled to work hard for all that he achieved, unlike others in his field who had advanced more quickly. And indeed, he had reached his position in life the hard way. Born on October 21, 1869, at his parents' home in the tiny hamlet of Clayton, North Carolina, Dodd entered the bottom stratum of white Southern society, which still adhered to the class conventions of the antebellum era. His father, John D. Dodd, was a barely literate subsistence farmer.